Hello, I'm Britt, and welcome back to Books with Britt. Today I'll be talking with Zara Shams about her poetry. Zara Shams is a writer and poet from the United Kingdom and Pakistan. She is she is a recent graduate of the University of Edinburgh, where she earned a first-class MA history degree. Based in the south of England, her work has been published in magazines and journals that include Sondra Midwest, Visual Arts Collective's All Roads Will Lead to Home, and Nobel slash Gas Quarterly. Zara's poem, There's No Such Thing as a Woman, was the first prize winner of Annika Zaxina's Protest Poetry Challenge, held by the Poetry Society. Her chapbook of the same name was published by Zoetic Press in 2018. Hello, Zara. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. uh, How have your cultures, um, British and Pakistani, inspired your poetry? That's a really interesting question. It was not something that introduced me to poetry as such. It's something I've more kind of had to find myself through poetry. So for my dissertation at university, I wanted to write about poetry. I knew I wanted to write about poetry. And then I found this incredible text of translated poems by radical feminist Pakistani women that was written in the 1980s during this era of martial law. And it really, really resonated with me. And just the stories of these women, I connected with them so much and the way that they wrote with such impassioned language and imagery. And that's something that's, I guess, it's really changed like my relationship with poetry going forward. It's really interesting. Um, I noticed that some of the poems on your website are listed as translations, um, such as translation of Sarab Surat. Can you tell me a bit about the process of translating a poem? Of course, so that one was not a direct translation. It was actually done through a competition. And what they had done, I think it was the Poetry Foundation, really wonderful competitions they host. Um, they had a kind of direct translation of his poem. And then they said, get creative with it, um, with the English version, and see if you can kind of make it your own and draw out kind of the emotions in it. Um, so I wrote that poem, the, the translation of his poem in response to that. And it was such a wonderful experience. I really connected with kind of his style of writing. It was a style of writing that I had actually come into contact with before through my dissertation work. And I wrote the poem, it got, I think, uh, I think it was like an honorable match and it didn't win or anything. Um, but it actually allowed me to connect with him. Um, and I really like kind of enjoyed talking to him about it and just following his work ever since then. That's really interesting. Do you think you'll do something like that again in the future? You know, I'm not sure. It was like a real challenge. And I think any translated poetry is really difficult to navigate, especially when there's like a huge language barrier, like not knowing the language. Um, There was a quote I read kind of early in my research about, I think it was by a a Russian poet who said that reading translated poetry is like looking at the underside of a carpet. You know, you're never seeing exactly what was intended, but there's still going to be like beauty in it. That's really interesting. Wow. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your process in writing the chapbook, There's No Such Thing as a Woman? How did you decide on the title and the order of the poems in in it? Oh, that's a difficult one. I feel like it was so long ago. Um, 
it was a micro chat book, so it was really short. Um, and it was just kind of, that was my early journey with poetry when I was quite young still, I think I was 19. And I just wrote these kind of poems that were flowing out of me at the time. And a lot of them happened to be about womanhood and kind of the emotions I was feeling and what I was witnessing around me with my friends. Um, and then I ended up writing again for a competition. The poem, No Such Thing as a Woman. And once I had that poem, it kind of felt like the title of that would, would fit nicely with all the others actually and represent them as well. It's really interesting. Um, oh, I keep saying that, okay. Um... Um, even now, do you think that the poems of womanhood come up in your work often? And can you tell me a bit why you think that is or why you think that isn't? I think a lot of people write from their own perspective. And that's, you know, it's just something that's innate, I guess. Um, I, I wonder if it's going to still come up. I feel like my writing's changed a lot in the past couple of years. Those were my quite early poems. Um, a lot of it now has kind of changed to focus more on kind of more universal themes, like technology and the environment and stuff like that but I think there is probably going to be like a continuing thread of womanhood going forward okay um I noticed that in your poem cactus um all the lines are enjambed uh how do how do the enjambed lines add to the poem and is this a poetic technique used often used often yeah I think I use it quite a lot um for me especially with those early poems it was a case of just kind of pouring my heart out in a lot of ways. Um, and especially with that poem is such a kind of, it was such a kind of a love letter to my mother and how she had taken care of me and how even after all these years, she takes care of me. Even when I'm supposed to be grown up, she takes care of me. So that was really just a question of kind of letting it all loose and letting the words speak for themselves instead of having like a rigid structure. Okay. Um, are there any other poetic, te poetic techniques that you find yourself using often? Not really, you know. I, I think what I aim to do is just let the words speak for themselves, keep it kind of simple and clear words, and then I'll kind of allow that to take whatever form it needs to take. One of the poems that I'm quite familiar with of yours is um, Walk on Water, which was published in um, volume 56 of Progenitor Art and Literary Journal. Um, can you tell me a bit about that process of writing this poem and where you found the inspiration? Of course. Um, that poem for me and a lot of my more recent poems are based on kind of very specific places that I've been that really struck me. That one was based on an area in the south of Portugal where there are these huge rivers that often flood in winter, but then in the height of summer, they completely dry up and there are just these cracked riverbeds. And it really got me thinking about like how many rivers over the future are going to be kind of perpetually dry. And obviously Portugal is a place where there are just kind of forest fires after forest fires, kind of like the west coast of the US, like California. And it just really struck me that kind of these really hot places all over the world are kind of like what the rest of us are heading toward. 
um, and it's something that will become somehow universal, even though it's quite, I don't know, for us in the cold months right now, quite <laughs> rare right now. Um, and that's really a poem that I'm quite attached to. It's one of my favorites. That's really interesting. Um, in another one of your poems, um, Airport Security and Other Stories, you use a lot of white space. There's a lot of couplets and um, there's a lot of couplets and the last line, um, you are you are as much your father's son as I am, all your all daughter. Um, all daughter is indented all by itself on the last line. Um, why did you why did you choose to have so much white space on in this poem and is it a technique that you use often? Yeah, I think I do use the technique often, but maybe not so much on purpose, just in a way, like I said before, to kind of let the form reflect the words. And for that poem, it was kind of like the kind of sense of that poem was a person looking out of the window and just getting lost in their thoughts and and letting their thoughts lead them wherever they take them. And for me, that poem was kind of about me and my process of growing up and meeting new people and having things in common. So sorry about the motorbike um but yeah that that poem was was just really a kind of like it was like opening a window into my brain and you know when you're thinking you don't often have like a structure and form to your thoughts mm-hmm. you just kind of wander and you your mind wanders off and then it comes back and you know so and then the final line having all daughter indented was very much kind of a, a reflection on my feeling like I should have been grown up at that point but feeling like I wasn't um I forgot to mention that airport security airport security and other stories is published in an online exclusive of bookends review um so can you tell me a bit about beheading daisies? I found that intrigue. I found it intriguing. The line, um, "Mama is on the front lawn beheading daisies with a ride-on mower." Of course, that poem uh, was written during the early days of lockdown, and I had finished university and moved home to be with my parents. And it was very much kind of a feeling of reverting back to my younger self. And I remember seeing my mom mowing the lawn one morning, and just kind of thinking about how these things which seem so normal now and have been so normal in the past will probably not be part of my future, at least not in the same way. And there's something I like to do with a lot of my poetry is kind of take a very common situation and describe it in a way that it maybe hasn't been looked at before and kind of inject a little bit of, I guess, visceral imagery into it. And so the fact that she was beheading the daisies, which I love to have in my garden, was kind of a jumping off point to kind of see the world around me and then kind of tilt the lens a little bit. Okay, um, that's really interesting. Um, I also really like the lines. Um, I just thought I should mention I really like them. Um, Rescue bumblebees from the skylight. Refuse to play God to reach a settlement between the squirrel and the the squirrel and the elm tree. The fox and the rabbits. Thank you so much. All true stories. I promise you. (laughs) Okay. um, Is there anything else you'd like to mention about your poetry or your chapbooks? before this podcast interview and I was thinking kind of that there are kind of defined periods over the course of my writing and I've never been very consistent and I've never been 
kind of very prescriptive in what I've allowed myself to do. Um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting to look back and see kind of how much has changed, but also how there isn't necessarily kind of one direction that has gone in. Okay. Um, have you, do you have any other chapbooks published? I don't, no. Okay. I'm working on one now, but we'll oh, see. Okay. You can find out more about Zara's work at the link to her website in the episode description or at ZC Shams on Instagram. In addition to her poetry, Zara runs the Instagram account at poetry.prompt, where she posts poetry prompts and features work inspired by the prompts, and is also the author of Fly on a Wall blog. This has been Books with Brit. I'm Brit, and I hope you enjoyed.